I'm Christy. This is Awaken the Extraordinary, and uh, let's leave a few seconds for some music. Okay, well, consider this your standard basic intro, and let's get on with the episode, shall we? You want to know something that's funny? (laughs) When I go to record a podcast episode, when I haven't recorded an episode for quite some time, I get kind of nervous. I don't know why. I just do. And it just takes me a while to get back into the flow of things. And I just wanted to share that with you. Like my heart's beating a little more quickly. And I think there's excitement, but just apprehension because it's been so long since I've recorded something. I'm like, uh, what do I have nothing to say? Like, what if I, my mind is just like a total blank with all those like cobwebs and dust bunnies, like a whole bunch of stuff, just getting in the way of me being able to one, be comfortable and two, being able to articulate myself in the way that I want to, or (laughs) in some cases, the way I'm able to at that particular moment in time. So I was just having those feelings upon clicking record. And I wanted to share that with you just because I really do try to be as transparent as possible when I, when I'm interacting with you, whether it's on Instagram or we're messaging back and forth, or for some of you texting, or if you just know me via the podcast, I really just want to be myself with you And for those of you that have listened to the podcast, I realize, you know, there, there may be episodes where it sounds like I, I am just with it and I am all together and I'm completely comfortable. And I just wanted to let you know that that's not always the case. And that's probably why I'm rambling a bit right now. (laughs) It's because I'm, I am apprehensive, but I am going to go ahead and get on with the show, and uh, it's been a while. I'm not going to bust into the Stain song because I have done that before. I was really hoping that come the beginning of the year that I would be able to be recording with consistency. However, comma, my son got sick the day after Christmas. And was sick for about a week and a half after that. Really sick, honestly. I mean, we all had COVID at the end of July and he was more sick, I guess. He he just seemed to be more impacted by this illness than he did when he had COVID. It just, it lasted longer. His fever was up to 104. It had never been that high, like even with COVID. And so I was really panicking and didn't plan to go into all of this with you, but you know, it's okay. You're here. I'm here. May as well. Um, I was also freaking out because there is a shortage of children's acetaminophen, acetaminophen and ibuprofen. When you would go to the stores, when you would go to Target or Walgreens or Walmart, or just like an Albertson's the shelves were like clean. There was nothing there. And 
if you don't have kids or if your kids aren't sick, then you likely weren't aware of this or aren't aware of it because it's still a thing. And I was like, what in the hell am I going to do if his fever gets up this high again? And so fortunately we had a little stash. Um, It's interesting too, just kind of the whole take on fevers, because I remember when I was a kid, granted, it was a very long time ago. um, But when I was a kid, anytime I was running a bit of a fever, it was like, oh, here, like take Tylenol or whatever it was. And now it's, I think we understand that a fever is a sign of infection and the fever is kind of the body doing its job to raise the temperature, to try to fight off the infection. And the only time that I give my child medication is if he just seems to be impacted or uncomfortable. And, um, we really kind of let the fever run its course, except for when it got really high. And fortunately we had a stash and we were able to find some medication, but it was, it was scary. I remember, um, like he was so congested. And again, this is at the beginning of the year. He was so congested that he couldn't breathe. Like he was having problems breathing at night. So he was trying to breathe through his nose, which we should all try to do more of. And it, it took like a few attempts for him to realize while he's asleep, oh, wait, I can't breathe through my nose. So it almost sounded like he had a really severe case of sleep apnea because he would take a few breaths through his nose and then it would be like this gasp. And um, through his mouth, like once his body realized, oh, hey, like breathing through the nose is not helping us to actually breathe. And so I would just stay awake and um, it, I was tired. I was scared. Um, I remember going into the bathroom and just getting on my knees and praying that he would be okay. And it's, it's harder here because when we were in San Diego, we had children's hospital, like 15 minutes away. The nearest hospital was probably like five and here we're so far away from everything. I mean, we have a doctor's office. that's like 10 minutes away, but you know, in, in the evening and on the weekends, it's not open. And so, you know, having to drive about 20, 30, uh, really about like 30 minutes to get any sort of medical care is, especially when you have a kid, um, it's hard, like, especially coming from a, a big city where, pretty much everything you wanted was in like, was within a five to 10 minute drive, you know? Um, so my husband called the on-call nurse at our doctor's office and explained the, the breathing situation to them. And they were like, well, we think you should call 911. And my husband was like, it's, it's not that he can't breathe. It's just when he's asleep, this is what's happening. Um, is there something that we should be doing that we're not? And she just kept saying, call 911, call 911. And I was like, I'm not going to call 911 because what's going to happen? They're going to come here. He's going to wake up and he's going to be fine. Um, but it was just like, what can we do when, when he's asleep? So we had taken him to urgent care. I think like it was on the Monday after new year's and, uh, 
they told us it could be the flu. It could be COVID. It could be RSV. Let's test him for all of these things. It was none of them. We found out the next day and they gave him some Tylenol and uh, yeah, that was it. So then the next day he was still running a high fever. So this time we just went to the emergency room. There's an emergency. There's a section of the emergency room here where they specialize in pediatrics. So we took him there. We still didn't have the test results back from the day prior, but they had access to them. So at that point we were able to learn this is none of those. Um, They tested him for strep, did not have strep. um, But the doctor said, I think he might have like an, an ear infection. The interesting thing with that is if you knew me last year, On New Year's Day, my son woke up screaming and grabbing his ear, and he had an ear infection. He had never had an ear infection in his life. So for this to be like the same weekend, like New Year's weekend, and to have like the same diagnosis, I was like, okay, next year, can we not like start the new year like this? But I felt relieved because at least we had some sort of diagnosis. Then you have the administration of the medication. And I don't know if you have children or had children, but um, administering medication, it's a battle. Like there were times when I say kicking and screaming, I mean it literally. And there were times where I didn't feel like I was the best version of myself because I would just get so frustrated. And I understood where he was coming from. He didn't want to take it. And the the kicking and screaming would, would just frustrate me because I was just like, I just want to give him this so that he can get better. And, um, just sometimes I feel like I would just be like, again, not, not the best version of myself. I just be like, okay, fine. Then you're not going to take it and you're going to continue to feel this way. And then we'll probably have to go to the, the emergency room and they're going to have to administer it. Like, I, I felt at times there were there were moments where I just emotionally shut off because I was just so overwhelmed and just really struggling myself to figure out like how do I get my kid to take his medicine when he doesn't want to take his medicine? And you know, my husband would have to kind of restrain him and that that hurts me because I I don't like the thought of physically restraining anybody and especially my child when he's already in a state of distress, like let's go ahead and make it worse. And if you are a parent listening and you have any tips, please share them because I, I just felt like a terrible parent and I hate having to resort to, to something like that to get him to take medication. We got through it. The interesting thing too is There are times where he'll just sit there because we still use a syringe and he'll just allow us to shoot it into his mouth and he's super chill. And then like, we'll go give it 12 hours later and he like loses his shit. And I'm just like trying to understand why it was okay 12 hours ago. It was no big deal. And now it is. Um, It's yeah. So if you have any tips, I welcome them. Um. So our, our year did not get off to the best start. 
he got better. And then my husband and I got sick. But because I had taken three days off the first week of January to just focus on my son and not put myself under this unnecessary stress or additional stress of trying to manage my day job and care for my son who is incredibly sick. I just took three days off sick time. Well, the fun thing is we get five sick days a year The you know, the five days are granted on January 1st. So as of like January 5th, I only had two uh, sick days left. So I was like, okay, this is great. So then I get sick the next week, really sick. And like my fever had gotten up to, uh, gosh, over like 103, I think 0.7 at one time, the same that I'd had with COVID, but I'm working because I don't have very many sick days left. And there was a lot going on that week. And that, that really sucked. And so when, you know, I was working, I was thinking about the podcast episode that I had dropped uh, last year about, you know, taking the sick days. And I was just like, is, is it ironic that I preached about that yet? I am not taking them, but I was like, I took three of them last week. So I don't know. This is like a shit show of a week. And, um, I'm like, I don't know. I, I just, I just know what would await me like coming back. And I didn't know that even if I took a sick day, like I would be able to relax because of the mental gymnastics. It would be like, oh my God, like, is this getting handled? Is this getting handled? And I realized my health is a priority and I need to make it more of one at times. But at that moment in time, it seemed like the better thing to do in retrospect. I really wish I had just made myself a priority and either just taken that time off as unpaid uh, because I can do that right now or just taking them, um, taking those sick days, you know? So I worked, uh, I think I, I took like an hour off the first day um, just to like take a nap and, you know, it was, it was okay. Not ideal. And again, if I could go back, I, I would, and I would do things differently. Um, but one of the things that I, I was thinking about, like while I was working and feeling like crap was if I was a manager, I would not expect my employee that, that has been sick and running fevers of like 103 plus, uh, to lead any sort of meeting especially sounding too the way that she does. So I would probably be more sensitive if I was a leader. And um, I was like, you know what, God, thanks for this reminder of why I am tired working for other people and why I really need to be my own boss because this is bullshit. Like, I think our whole culture puts our health and, and what's really best for us on the back burner because of our jobs. And that's just bullshit. 
I don't think like, I just don't think that that's right. Like every, like every day, you know, we're like, oh, we'll do this next week. We'll do this next week. And we keep pushing things off. And I'm like, our life is happening now. Like, why do we push off all of these important things? You know, I'm like, oh, I need to get out for a walk. Well, I'll, I'll do that next week or I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. How many times have I told myself I'm going to do that tomorrow? And I don't. And I think about it and I'm like, all those tomorrows add up. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. All of those, I'll do it tomorrow's they, they add up. So then like in a fucking year, I'm no further ahead in terms of really prioritizing me. And it needs to stop. And if you are doing that same thing, you're, you're putting something off or you're putting off, like taking a break during your job or getting to bed at an earlier time or spending less time on your phone or calling that person that's been on your mind for the past week. Like, don't keep saying like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Like just take like five minutes, like even if it's just five minutes of time to focus on something for you in your day, just do that. And then maybe tomorrow up it to like six minutes. It's just these baby steps. And, and I've come a long way in terms of how I function in my life and, and how I manage what is within control in my life. But it's not to say like, I've got everything figured out that I do everything right all the time, because I don't, I'm a work in progress as I believe we all are until we move on. And there's always going to be areas where we can improve. And so that, that is one space where I know I can make myself a priority is just taking like five minutes because five minutes is manageable and not being mad that I'm not spending more than five minutes, but just going, okay, my goal today is five minutes. My plan is five minutes. Like I just get outside and get some fresh air. I'm going to do that. And I feel like the more we start making ourselves a priority in the quote unquote little things, the more we are going to start making ourselves a priority with the bigger things and just the realizations that I had in terms of working while I was really sick and my manager expecting me to lead a meeting, being sick, sounding like shit. I was like, what is wrong with this picture? a lot. And part of it is me and what I was allowing at that time. And then part of it wasn't me. And even now, you know, looking back, I feel like I could have told my manager, you know, like, I know you want me to, to lead this meeting, but I feel like crap and I sound like crap. Ordinarily, I would have no issue with it, which is true. Can can I just kind of pull my sick card here and ask you to, to please lead the meeting? 
And I've gotten really good at being assertive and asking for things that I want, but I can always be better. Again, there's always room for improvement. And so that was really just a takeaway from that time where my son was sick and then I was sick right after, like, it's like, okay, this is, this is what I have to learn from this. And I want to share this with you in terms of, well, I want to share this with you in the hopes that it's relatable to you in some way, whether the situation itself is relatable or just kind of the, the overarching theme here. That's why I want to share it with you because I want to help people through the stuff that I experience through what I learn about myself, through the things that maybe I don't get right. And then I think about it later and I'm like, oh, okay, I could have done this. Maybe it helps save you some of those mental gymnastics and angst and just helps you maybe make the right decision right off the bat. So that was the first couple of weeks of January. Then we had about a week's reprieve. And then my son got sick again. Uh, He randomly just started running a temperature of nearly 102. Again, got up to 104. And this time there was no congestion. There was nothing going on. And so I had no clue where this was coming from. And we just kind of had to let it run its course over the next few days. And it was, again, a balancing act of work and him. However, I did take one day off. Uh, So he started getting sick on Saturday night. I took a Monday off and then um, worked on Tuesday. But the thing with this time around was that he was vomiting more often. So when he gets really sick, he vomits and it's, it's difficult for him to even keep down water. And so we discovered this anti-nausea medication. And at the beginning of January, we let the doctor at urgent care know she prescribed one pill. And uh, it's great, but then, you know, it's nice to have them on hand if he were to get sick again. So Monday, we called the pediatrician and they said that we would have to bring him in because they couldn't prescribe it. So I was not going to make like the 40 minute trek into Missoula and uh, basically just have them talk to us. I was like, this isn't an efficient use of anyone's time. And he felt like crap. I didn't want to like just traipse him all the way. I don't know if that's the proper use of that word, but like just traipse all the way into Missoula just to talk to a doctor. I'm like, we could do this over the phone. So then I remembered, oh my gosh, a virtual visit. So we did a virtual visit, was able to get the medication prescribed, run down to the pharmacy, pick it up. And then just deal with my son and his uh, reluctance, strong reluctance to taking that medication. And it's a pill that dissolves. And so you have to hold it in their cheek 
And my gosh, I was like, this is taking so long. It's taking so long. And he's crying. And I just feel like I just felt awful. And I was just tired and stressed. But the nausea stopped and he was actually like wanting to eat that night and then eat in the morning and we kept him home. But then I was balancing like him and work. Then he went to school Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday morning was like super rough. He did not want to brush his teeth in the morning or did not want my husband to brush his teeth. So I went to brush his teeth and then he wanted to wait until we got to school. Then we get to school. He didn't want to brush his teeth. We finally brush his teeth. Then he's like clinging to me like saran wrap. He didn't want to let me go. I had a meeting by now. It's like 930 ish. I had a meeting with my manager at 10. The preschool teacher is like kind of having to pull him off of me. He's crying. I hate leaving my son in tears. Like it just hurts my heart. So I went outside the classroom to just check him in on their system. And I just heard him crying, go, I want my mommy. And it just killed me. So then I rushed to get something to eat before getting to my office for my meeting. And then my husband calls me and is like, yeah, I just want to let you know that I found out I'm getting laid off. Uh, It's effective today. And I'm just like, Okay. And this part may be familiar. I shared some of this in my, in my stories last week on Instagram, but I was just like, I never want to say what else can go wrong because there are probably a million other things that can go wrong, but I was just like, fuck. And with my husband, he has been laid off numerous times. He just I don't know, seems to have bad luck when it comes to departments and companies that he's worked for and departmental things happening. And so, I mean, he later told me out of like a team of 60, they let 57 people go. So I'm really not sure how that department's going to function. But then I still like come back to my office and have my meeting with my manager. And she's like, how's your morning going? And I'm just like, Okay. And the challenges with like kids and like brushing their teeth or administering medicine and, you know, trying to get them to go to bed. I I don't know if you really appreciate the challenges that can go, like how difficult that can be if you don't have kids. Before I had him, I'd probably be like, I don't know what the big deal is. You just open their mouth, shoot it in, blah, blah, blah. It's Definitely. Like I definitely have a different understanding of it now, obviously, since I have a child, but just like, oh my gosh, just, just the things that are difficult that you never imagined could be difficult, like brushing someone's teeth, you know, just it's hard. And so to me, like, that's just emotionally draining. I think I was just drained emotionally and physically from him being sick. And then just the worry that goes along with that. Then having him go back to school one day, you know, that, that day and uh, having his morning just be so emotional. And then that's draining. And then my husband telling me, I was just like, Oh my God. And I wanted to sit and cry. And I didn't. And it wasn't because 
I have anything against crying because if you listen to this episode or this podcast, or you know me at all, like, you know, I cry a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, even just at the beginning of this, I, I got teary. So I have nothing against crying, but, um, I was just like, I don't know if that's what I want to do right now. Like there's just this thing in me that wants to cry, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot of shit for one morning. January has not been the best month. Um, but we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. It doesn't mean that like the suckiness and the crappiness and the terrible timing of everything, like it doesn't mean that any of that is less than, but I'm just like, we've gone through shitty stuff and we've always gotten through it. So we'll get through this too. And I believe like this is like the layoff, the just the emotional roller coaster. I feel like honestly, like really all of us have been on since 2020. Um, but just kind of this complete opposite of homeostasis that I have been in since June of last year. It's making me stronger. It's making me more equipped to deal with all of the ups and downs that really life is. So I was like, I've gone through a ton of stuff and I've always emerged like on the other side. That's what's going to happen now. I, I don't know what like being in the eye of the storm. I'm not clear on what all of that is going to look like. But I know there's going to be a point where I get through it. And the singer Jewel, I've I've heard her reference this a couple of times. And for some reason, it really resonated with me. And I and I don't believe I'm capturing it a hundred percent accurately. But you know, she was talking about like her experiences as a child and, you know, as a teenager and just dealing with all of the trauma that she experienced, you know, just kind of navigating that, um, as a child. And she would talk about singing in bars and she noticed that I mean, at a very young age, very inappropriate thing for a child her age to have been doing for any child, right? But she would notice that people would be feeling pain and then doing something to kind of stave off that pain with something else that could potentially create more pain and more challenges in their life. So let's say if someone's marriage is ending, oh, okay, well, they're, they're in pain. So they're going to start drinking and then they 
are drinking like on a daily basis and maybe getting drunk every day. So now you have someone that has a problem with alcohol on top of the pain that they're feeling from maybe the marriage not working out. And she said, you know, it's just they're making their situation worse. And, you know, we're all going to feel pain, right? We're all going to feel uncomfortable and and have these things in our lives that that hurt us and just don't feel good. And she was talking about Buffalo. And I don't know if this is true, but it it still like resonated for me. So I was like, I really don't even care if this is true. <laughs> but she said the Buffalo is the only animal that will see a storm and head towards it. Whereas everyone else, I guess, animal wise, tries to go around the storm. But basically it's like the quickest way through is through. Like you just have to brave the storm instead of trying to find all of these ways to avoid it. And there was something about that that just struck me. Because how often in life are we faced with these challenges and we try to find ways to avoid the pain, to avoid the discomfort. And a lot of the times what we're doing is really just making the situation worse, making it more challenging for ourselves when instead if we just address something head on, if we just, you know, put on our armor or just like hunker down, we'd probably get through things a lot quicker and maybe with less scarring. And one of the things that I guess I've really learned in the past couple of years is There's so much uncertainty in our world, yet we're expecting certainty. And when something happens, we're knocked off balance. And we stumble and we fall. But typically, we get back up until the next thing happens and kind of knocks us off our feet. I posted a reel a while back where (laughs) I was trying to flip some eggs in a pan. I don't think the pan was big enough. But when I went to flip them, like, and trust me, I am not one of those food network people, those chefs, like that is not me. But I was like, I'm just going to, I just want to see if I could flip the eggs. So I flipped the eggs and they landed on the stove and I laughed. And the reel I posted was just like, why don't we just kind of expect things to not go the way we planned? And that way 
if that does indeed happen where things don't go as we plan, maybe it doesn't like knock us off our feet to the, like, maybe it just knocks us off balance. Maybe it doesn't like knock us on our feet. And so I feel like having that mindset helps us kind of be better prepared when something happens. And because it's just knocking us off balance, we're able to also see how we can benefit from this situation or what what we have to be grateful for in that situation. Because with my husband getting laid off and just that on top of everything else that we'd experienced, like the whole month of January, um, I think I, no one would have blamed me if I just sat in the car and just bawled my eyes out. But I was like, okay, okay, what are we going to do? And again, it's okay to cry. Like there, there are stress hormones in tears. Like there is a purpose to crying, but I, I guess when I say like, I wanted to cry, what I really mean is like, I wanted a release and I kind of wanted to wallow in that feeling of despair. There was something in me that wanted to feel that because that's what I think I was accustomed to feeling for so much of my life is when something came my way that I wasn't anticipating. I, it was like, I fell before it even hit me. It was like, I saw it coming and I'm like, I'm just going to lay on the ground and like save you the effort, you know, <laughs> like you can save that energy. I'll just go ahead and lie on the ground and just pretend like you knocked me out. And what I feel like I've learned and in, in really like the past three years is just like, shit, we have all gone through things that we never expected to go through. And if you're listening to this, you are still here. You have gotten through some of the craziest shit I'm, I'm hoping we will see in our lifetimes. Like you're here. You made it. Yay. Congratulations. So those feelings of like wanting to wallow in the despair, in the uncertainty, I think is like a habit. And because of everything that we've all gone through the past few years, and I think that just the growth and the learnings that I've experienced, I was like, there's something in me that wants to do that. But then there's another part of me that's like, I don't need to. Because yes, while this is not the news I I anticipated hearing today, and it's definitely not news I need to hear, I'm okay. I was able to see the things that I was grateful for with the situation still being what it is. 
if you know me and you know like my situation right now I'm super stoked about living with my in-laws that is hard that is very hard for me however that can still be hard and I can still be grateful for it because living with my in-laws right now means that we don't have a mortgage to pay. And us not having a mortgage of like two grand or more, which is what our mortgage was in San Diego and likely what it will be here once we build our house that's a huge thing to not have to have on my shoulders. And I'm grateful that if this is happening, this is happening at a time when we don't have a mortgage. I am also trying to figure out the business stuff for my business that I will be opening. Um, the date is actually going to be April 7th that I will be opening up my little thing that I'm doing. And, um, there's a lot that I need to learn about the tech side of the business. My husband now has time to learn about that stuff because he too wants to be doing his own thing. Like I've told him, I said, you know, pretty much every job you have had since we met in 2004, I'm like, you've been laid off from like the economy was bad business restructuring. I'm like, maybe God's just like, dude, how many, how many times do I have to tell you? Like you should not be reporting to other people. Like maybe this is God's way of telling you like, you need to be doing your own thing. I don't know if that's true, but I'm like, why not believe it's true? And my husband has a lot of really good ideas. And he's learning the tech side of stuff and, and what to be doing to start the business that he wants to start. And I'm kind of benefiting from that because with my day job being the way that it is, I don't have a lot of time, especially with a five-year-old kid, to, to be researching all this stuff. So I'm just like, I don't think that's like, here, I'm going to give you some time. You learn this stuff. Then you pass it along to Christy. She can open her thing. I don't know if that's true, if that's what God has in mind. But I'm like, I can be grateful for that. Because I now know what to do to, to get my business license, to operate as a DBA. And those are things that my husband figured out in the past couple of days because he's had the time. He's had the space. So I know it's really hard when there's just been so much shitty stuff going on to be able to find things like to really have the capacity, I guess, to be grateful for things, but it's possible. And 
I wanted to share that with you. This is not what my intention was upon hitting record. I, I had it in my mind what I was going to talk about. And then the more I just riffed, this is what came out. I, it really started as like, hey, this is what's been going on for me the first part of the year. But then I also wanted to share like good stuff. I didn't want it to be just like event session. Event sessions are totally okay. But I wanted to share with you like the perspective that I was able to have with all of this stuff going on. And I think someone asked me a couple of days later, like how I was doing the next day. Oh, because the next day after my husband got laid off, I I picked up my son from school and he was like really sniffly. So we kept him home on Thursday. But the nice thing was I didn't have to try to balance work and my son because my husband was home. So he was able to just chill with him and keep him kind of just laying low. And then we were able to send my son back to school on Friday. And I was like, this, this is nice. Like this, this works, you know? Um, so I was grateful. I was like, well, okay. Now I don't have to worry about balancing both of them because you're home. And someone talked to me on Thursday and and was like, how are things going for you? Like outside of work. So I gave her the Cliff's notes version and she's like, how are you doing? And I got emotional and I said, you know, I appreciate you asking and um, I'm okay. You know, I'm like, of course, this isn't news anybody wants to hear. I said, and, and just on top of like the month that we've had, this is probably one of the last things that we needed to have happen, which I guess ironically happened on my husband's two-year anniversary at his job. And I told her, I said, you know, we've gotten through everything else. And I said, but it's not to minimize like the pain and the discomfort and the challenges that go along with this. And I said, and honestly, it's like, don't fuck up your job, Christy, because, you know, it, this is kind of all your family has. And I said, so it's it, it's more pressure on my shoulders, which just being a mom and and honestly being the person who is the primary source of income for our family. It was just like, well, now I'm the sole source of income for our family. I just feel like it's a lot of pressure. I said, but it could be worse, but I also want to acknowledge like that this is hard in a lot of ways. And there are things that I'm grateful for, like in terms of the timing, if, if this had happened and we were still living in San Diego, I would be really stressed out, really stressed out. And I said, so I'm I'm grateful for things too. And it's possible to be like, fuck again, this is the last thing we needed right now. It's, it's possible to feel that and also be grateful for other things. Because to me, that's what life is. Like life is just not a hundred percent certain with anything. I remember as a kid, 
my dad would say, well, there's only two certainties in life that you have to pay taxes and you're going to die. Well, I think there are so many people like that get arrested, right. For like tax evasion. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, um, I think the only certainty is that, yeah, eventually we're going to move on from this existence as we know it. And everything else is just like, let's just see what happens. And I think expecting that, you know, like when I flip the eggs, like expecting that things aren't always going to go the way that you planned. What if that just helps us again, so that when the majority of things come our way, they just knock us off balance as opposed to knocking us off our feet completely. And I do want to say that Yes, I th- I think there are absolutely going to be those things in our life where they they just wipe us off our feet. You know, like there are just going to be those things in our lives that catch us completely off guard that we never saw coming that break our hearts that almost just crush us because we're in so much pain from something. But what if the majority of the time we just say, you know what, like, yeah, this is going to knock me off balance, but I'm not going to let it knock me down. Because even if I'm like off balance, I can still see something that's good. I'm I'm still dealing with the stuff that's knocking me off balance, but in the background, I can still see something that's good. And I'm going to acknowledge this stuff while keeping my eye on what's good. You know, I'm sitting in an office space now because I couldn't work at the house. Lots of superfluous noise, just lots of (laughs) drive me crazy. And uh, I just got fed up one day and was just like, you know what? I know there, there is an office space. Like I know there's office space for rent in this building on Main Street. I am going to just give that person a call. And the primary reason for me making that call was just so that I could have an office space outside of the house. But then I thought about it and I was like, well, what if I want to open my business? What would I need just to get started? Because in my mind, what I see, like I see my idea taking off, but to get started, just to get my feet wet, what would I need? And when I spoke to the property manager, what they had available that just became available is exactly what I asked for. But I wouldn't be here if there wasn't a situation that, I guess, knocked me off balance. So I think just being open-minded to the possibilities that might be created because of really a crappy situation, something challenging. And I think a lot of people refer to instances such as these as like, 
oh, things that happen for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And I know there's people that are like, well, this terrible thing happened to me. Like, you can't tell me that 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 happened for a reason. I don't know. Maybe it did. What I keep telling myself when shitty situations occur, like this is happening for my greater good. This is happening for my greater good or our greater good with my family. And I've not been wrong. And it's not to say that like the pain and the suffering that I have experienced or that you may experience isn't real and isn't valid because it absolutely is. But when you get through that storm, what's there? Do you have a new idea? Did you take some sort of action that you might not have taken before? Did you suddenly come to a realization about something that maybe you were struggling with, or maybe you'd never even thought about, you know, the, the most recent episode that I dropped was about my son and being in a really less than desirable situation in his preschool and his previous preschool. And that situation was painful. It was painful for him. It was painful for me. And the same ways and in different ways. But I knew like, this is happening for a reason. This is happening for a reason. And now he's in a school where I don't worry about him when I leave. So I just encourage you that to to start really thinking about being prepared to be knocked off balance because life is going to knock you off balance a lot. It's us wanting everything to be smooth sailing makes sense because the stuff that knocks us off balance or off our feet, it doesn't feel good. But think about the times that you have been knocked off balance, knocked off your feet. Like, what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about others? What good came from that? And maybe have that perspective more often going forward. Expect that life's going to knock you off balance, but it doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. It's not, to me, it's not like waiting for the shoe to drop. It's just like, this is life. Shit happens. Like when Forrest Gump is running and he steps in the pile of shit and it's like, shit happens. Like it does happen. And then it's up to us, like how we respond. Just like if, if someone's like a total asshole to you, you do have a choice as to how you respond. You could be an asshole back, or you could just be like, dude, this person's having a bad day and they aren't worth my time and energy. So peace out. You have a choice. And even if you choose to focus on what's good, you can still acknowledge like all of that that's crappy. I think it's really important to validate like how you're feeling. Give yourself permission to just be like, dude, this fucking sucks, man. And I'm 
stressed and I don't know how we're going to do this. And I don't know how we're going to do this, but you know what? Like, I know it's going to be okay because everything else up to this point, like I've gotten through it and the stuff that has been hard and really painful in getting through it. This is what I gained from that. Because I can tell you like focusing on the new possibilities and opportunities and focusing on what you can be grateful for amidst the shit. That feels a lot better than constantly wallowing in this state of despair and negativity. Like maybe give yourself like 10 minutes to just wallow and cry and blame the world, whatever, whatever you need to do. And then like, once that timer's up, like set a timer on your phone. And once that timer's up, be like, okay, what am I going to do so that I feel better? What can I be grateful for? What are things that are going well in my life? What, even with this situation, how, if I were writing a story, like how could this play out so that it is for my greater good or my family's greater good? How could it play out? I love baking and I've been wanting to open a bakery and I've had this job that hasn't allowed me time to bake and drop stuff off at local businesses. But you know what? I can file for unemployment and I can start baking and doing that. So maybe me being terminated isn't all bad. Maybe it is for my greater good so that I can actually have the time and space for my dreams. Only you know how you can benefit from something that's like shitty that's going on in your life right now. And if you've been spending a lot of time in the shit, start setting a timer. Give yourself that allotted period of time to just (laughs) roll around like a pig in the mud. And then once the timer's going off, you look at what's actually beautiful about the situation that you're in, what you're now able to do or how you can benefit from this or what you are having to do to get through this that might puts you more on the path that you actually want to be on. Again, this is not what my intention was when I hit record, but it's where the riff went. So I hope you gained something from this. I don't know what my life is going to look like in three months, in six months, but that's, Kind of the fun part of life too is that uncertainty. So while that uncertainty can knock us off balance, I think that same uncertainty has the ability to blow our minds and make life exciting. And I think it's just the situations, it's the mindset that you're in. And again, I hope this episode helped. 
If it did, I would love to know. You can send me an email at Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I at awakentheextraordinary.com. Or you can send me a DM at it's actually Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I on Instagram. For those of you that listen, that notice I changed my Instagram handle. It was really about making it more personal. Awaken the Extraordinary started out as the name of a podcast. I was freaked to do the podcast. So I started the Instagram with the same name. And then over time, it just felt like I wanted this to be more personal. And I think I do a pretty good job at that, but I wanted people to know who they're seeing, who is like being this dork trying to give this really deep advice in a humorous way, hopefully entertaining, hopefully humorous, who knows. And so that's why the change. So again, I hope this episode helped in some way. If you are experiencing challenges in your life, just struggling with getting out of that. Oh my gosh. Like this just totally sucks. Like pit, like that pit. I hope this was helpful. And again, if it was, I would love to hear it. If you thought the episode was not helpful and totally sucked. I don't know that I'd love to hear it, but I do welcome feedback. (laughs) So you can contact me the same way. And, uh, if you like the episode, I would love for you to write a review on Apple or like it or follow it or heart it, take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories or Facebook, share it with a friend. You know, I've had a couple of people recently ask me if they could share certain episodes and I'm like, yes, like the whole point of me having a podcast is because I want people to listen. So If you feel so inclined to share, I appreciate it so very much. So thank you as always for listening. And I encourage you to stay kind, stay compassionate, and stay curious with yourself and others. And I will talk with you soon.